So we're in Acts uh, chapter 8. We finished Stephen's sermon. Uh, chapter 8 has this little verse that belongs with chapter 7. And Saul approved of their killing him, meaning Stephen. Just don't believe that everybody who seeks to kill someone <laughs> is irredeemable. It's important to remember that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, I'd like to almost read this whole chapter. Okay. I, since we're lacking in time, I think it'd be better just to have one person read. Um, that day, a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. So Stephen stoning elicited or, or made them even more violent toward the church. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house, dragging off both men and women, and committed them to prison. And this is, this is unprecedented. I don't think they were in the habit of taking women and putting them in prison. I just, I've never gotten that sense, anyway. So Paul, I mean Saul, <laughs> was really in a tempest. <laughs> now, Gene, this is authority that had been um, ceded to um, the Jewish institution, well, church institution by the Romans? They were allowed to do okay. stonings because they would stone women caught uh-huh. in adultery. Uh-huh. Right, right. Um, so they were allowed to do that, uh-huh. but they couldn't put Jesus to death because he was okay. a political prisoner. Okay. And they had the only way that Rome would allow them to crucify. Cru- see, if if they'd been willing to stone Jesus, right. they could have stoned him. To oh, death, oh, interesting. I think, oh, but wow. to crucify him—that's a Roman thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so to crucify him, they had to have Rome's signature. Yeah. And, and and they had to convince Rome that he was a surrect- insurrectionist and was attempting to be the Messiah and take the throne. Now those who were scattered went from place to place proclaiming the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds with one accord listened eagerly to what was said by Philip, hearing and seeing the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud shrieks, came out of many who were possessed, and many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in that city. This is Samaria, where Jesus got rejected. Mm-hmm. Now a certain man named Simon had previously practiced magic of the city in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying he was someone great. All of them, from the least to the greatest, listened to him eagerly, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they listened eagerly to him, because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And being after being baptized, he stayed constantly with Philip and was amazed when he saw the signs and the great miracles that took place. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. 
Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He thought of all the money he could make. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you. That's an oath. That's actually a curse. Mm -hmm. Because though, because you thought you could obtain God's gift with this money, you have no part to share in this, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the chains of wickedness. Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said might happen to me. Now after Peter and John had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, proclaiming the good news to many villages of the Samaritans. <clears throat> then the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go to the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was a youth Ethiopian eunuch, a court official, the Candace queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet of Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and asked him, I'm sorry, and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And then he invited Philip to get up and sit beside him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep who was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, he asked, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with the scripture, he proclaimed him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. It's one time a human being became an angel and disappeared. Mm. You wonder if that eunuch thought for the rest of his life that that was an angel and not a real human. And you wonder what was the urgency in going so quickly? How far away was it and what was, you know, we don't really know. Well, Gaza, <clears throat> you know where the Gaza Strip is mm -hmm. today? Mm -hmm. Okay, so right along the coast. Uh, it's the, Gaza, I believe, was the southernmost town of the Philistines back in David's day. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. So you're, you're right close. So from Jerusalem to Gaza is actually quite a piece. It's quite, quite a ways. But what is interesting, God doesn't pick up Philip and put him there. He just snatches him away yeah. once yeah. he's done. Wow. And what, what is the reason for that? Well, I think... God had fulfilled that that particular part of his mission, which was to establish, which was to establish you know, um, his message in, in Ethiopia. And the, the Coptic Bible, by some accounts, is the oldest Bible. I mean, you know, and it's interesting, which I don't want to digress too far here, how much historical fact, you know, the Ethiopians like to think of themselves as the, the seed of, of Solomon, 
you know, the, at least the, the, the aristocracy. Mm -hmm. <coughs> is that just urban legend, or is there really his, his, history to back that up? We don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, but it's very interesting, isn't it? Well, no, so, it's all in the ways. It's not that hard to believe. Well, right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> that's true. Tree, but yeah, if he yeah. had a thousand wives and, and most of them were treaty yeah, wives. Yeah, right, and, and then, of course, the, the, the Ethiopian people are, are, are eclectic looking. Mm -hmm. yeah, they look like yeah, more, trans more than transitional people. Right, so right. They're, yeah. they're they're not purely African. Or, you know, there's some European apps like or, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's very yeah. very interesting. Yeah, if you look at now, there's two <coughs> kinds of Ethiopians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is the the Christian Ethiopian, and there's the either Muslim or uh, animist Ethiopian. Yeah, and it's my understanding that. The Christian ones may be, I, I don't know, I may be wrong. But there are right? Jewish Ethiopians, too. Yeah, and there are right, Jewish right. They get repatriated, I mean, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. so, so it's not impossible. You, you look at some Ethiopians, and they have very fine features. Yeah, yeah. They do not look Well, like Haile, like Haile Selassie. He let, I mean, mm -hmm. he's a very handsome person, you know. Like in, in multi-ethnic mm -hmm. looking or whatever, yeah. but like you know, you consider himself you know the Lion of Judah. Like yeah. anyway, I've listened to too much Bob Marley over the years, so forgive me. But <laughs> fascinating people. It, it is and fascinating. The stories they have, and yeah. mm -hmm. you know, the seeds of stories oftentimes are true. Yeah, and the, right, and they right. were. Right. I want to believe it. DNA evidence and right, linguistic right. evidence yeah. and historical yeah. and archaeological. Right. Sometimes they line up. Too. It's very interesting. Yeah. And and uh, they. They also are the longest-keeping Sabbath group. Amazing. That's, that's they so contain, amazing. I should mm -hmm. say, the so, longest-keeping Sabbath group. Uh, it goes way, way back. So there's all, already the respect for Judaism, you know, through the, the relationship between the Queen of Sheba, at least that visit. That, and then and then now you had the eunuch. From, yeah, why, from the why is the eunuch even going, traveling in that area? Right, right, you know? right, right. I mean, if, if there isn't profound, something, yeah. affinity. So, um... What do you learn in this chapter about salvation and atonement? I tell you, one of the most fascinating things about this to me is like, when do we baptize people? I mean, because they didn't have like you know Bible lessons for a whole year before he got baptized. You know, he was short <laughs> you to know, the point. I I studied with two girls, sisters. Uh, you know the the Lynns. Oh, sweet Lynn sisters. Very nice girls. Um, I studied with them for two quarters yeah. before I baptized them. Yeah. And um, Two quarters? Two quarters. I didn't study with them a whole year. They yeah. decided to get baptized autumn quarter, and so they uh, wanted to do nice. it before they Tina left. And Crystal. And, remember Tina and Crystal? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I studied with them, and I went through everything. Yeah. We, uh, we studied during spring break <laughs> to make up for mm -hmm. loss of time. Right, right. You know, We studied every day, I think it was, during spring break. And they got baptized, and then they went their separate ways. And out of the blue, up pops Crystal. I want to study the Bible with you. Yeah. Um, I feel like I didn't learn anything. I was so busy with school, and I had my mind in other places. And so she learned more after baptism nice. than she did before, and she was more ready to listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had a, a beautiful faith. They went with the business kids to Albion one weekend, and they went out in one of the canoes, and they weren't very comfortable in the canoes. They had their little life jackets on, so at least they were safe if they tipped over because they weren't great swimmers. And they said, they came back, Professor Nunes, we prayed to Jesus that 
that we see otter and as soon as we pray here comes otter like that like you know <laughs> like just, just precious you know <laughs> you know so yeah just just very nice kids so anyway but you know i thought about that if i had baptized them before yeah. they learned all the 28 fundamental yeah. beliefs uh-huh. would that have changed the the whole thing at all yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe they would have wanted to study more afterwards because they felt they belonged to something. This is it's like to me. I think baptism is like, hey, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Church membership is a separate issue, and not to me, in my mind. That's the way the Bible seems to treat it. Yeah, and and I think that I I do think there is there is something that has to have happened uh-huh. that is we that we can see the results and uh-huh. that they need to have the core elements of what it means to be follow Jesus and what it and what it means to how we treat other people because I I think of the tragedy of Rwanda yeah. um, and somehow we failed the African community uh-huh. and didn't teach them that God doesn't go around killing people right. that don't agree with him or that are of a different ethnicity yeah. Uh, somehow we didn't get that message. Clear. Just different shape of the nose, right? I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Like how they were, like, you know, segregating people. So, well, there was the two tribes, the Hutus and the Tutsis, right. and they one tribe hated the other. Yeah. So I do think there's some work that needs to be done prior to baptism. Yeah. But, but ultimately, what the Acts Church relies on is none of that. Right. They rely on preaching Jesus. Yeah. They convert to Jesus. And they receive and they are baptized. And then they receive the Holy Spirit. And to them receiving the Holy Spirit was was just as much important as baptism. Right. And how many people do we baptize that we don't even talk about the Holy Spirit? It's true. It's a good point. Um, most of the time that I have heard and might be different other places um, <clears throat> people say oh chapter 10 of Acts is the first time that we see the message going to the Gentiles when you know uh, right. they go to another city and I'm just thinking well no, wait a minute <laughs> what, you know wasn't this Gentile, they didn't, you know, Ethiopian didn't live in Jerusalem, wasn't Jewish. Uh, that, we don't know. We don't I mean, know if he was Jewish. Right, right. I mean, could have been. Oh, I just was, could have been. He was, wasn't he coming back from a meeting? Mm. Of something? He doesn't say what. But doesn't, you know. Ethiopian unit, he's an official of Candace, queen right. of the Ethiopians, mm. right. in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to, to Jerusalem to worship, so he was Jewish. He was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he like the Secretary Jewish. of the Treasury. He was Jewish. And was returning home, right. seated in the chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Yeah. But yet he had an influence somewhere else. But you know what? I, I maybe know. one reason why, maybe Candace was Jewish too. I mean, yeah, I, you know, because of that affiliation with mm-hmm. Solomon and... In Queen of Sheba, I don't know. Or else had a, a or, prominent Jewish uh, consultant. Yeah. Because, or, you know, they were multi-religious courts, yeah, like the Spanish yeah. had early on. Right, right, right. You know, and she wanted the Jewish take on things, somebody of her nation, yeah. but who was a practicing Jew, and, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. 
He must have been somebody very important, I think, very yeah. crucial and influential oh, yeah. Yeah. to treat, you know, for, for God to, for them to mutually select each other. He right, was opening right. his mind and, yeah. you know, God sent him Philip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. I don't, think, I don't think the principle that we've uncovered here changes just between Jew and Gentile. I think it's across the board. Right, right. And, of course, because previously the Samaritans, and the Jews would have nothing to do with the Samaritans. In the Jews' yeah, minds, the right. Samaritans were Gentiles. I'm interested with what you said about baptism because um, my daughter is 12 and she's been thinking about that. Her her cousin, who's 13, just got my dad just baptized her in the ocean. Everything went well, oh, wow. praise God. My dad's 82. Um, yeah, I would have some trepidation, too. really good in a wetsuit. Wow. <laughs> the waves, you know, didn't knock them both over. Um, but it's really interesting. I think there is, with kids, a moment in where they're interested and they're opening their minds and hearts. And, and if you don't take that opportunity to do an initial commitment, that time passes and it becomes harder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think there is such a thing as too young. Yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to, trying to help her see kind of the idea that it's a public commitment that you want to be God's friend. Right. And you continue developing that. It's not the be-all end-all. You don't know everything then, you know. But you know, you know enough of the really important things. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to see where that where that ends up. You know, I, I really hope she gets baptized, and sooner rather than later, because I know it's going to get harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've seen kids like the, their hearts are so pure for Jesus or whatever, and then they're told no. Not just yeah. by parents, but by yeah. but by yeah. teachers or, or, or church officials. I had I had to yeah. beg. Yeah. My parents were determined I wait till twelve, yeah. and I was eleven, and I wanted to be baptized. And, yeah. um, the pastor, who was the one who gave us the Bible studies, came and pled with my parents for me, That's uh, nice. and my parents succumbed and said, mm-hmm. "Okay, yeah. Yeah. you know they they thought I was too young." Um, I was a pre- quite a precocious child. I right, was, right. By the time of 12, you know, I'm reading the great controversy. So um, it was, it, for me, it was a very serious step, and I, I took it very, it was, it was my choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. And I would concede that, or agree with, that um, when... A child does say yes. I want, and they make the decision, or they go up front, or however that happens. Take it, because even still, they walk away after. Yeah, but you know, I think if we were to get not get bogged down in so many details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. If we if we made it simple, I think they'd last longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we we kill the spirit by that I, I really do I, I think the spirit moves in ways we can't see or control and when we get bogged down on the details and trying to establish every minute point we kill the spirit mm, yeah I agree we're, I'm, I'm we're looking that, at the letter I'm seeing that happen too mm-hmm. I'm seeing yeah, that happen yeah. in a 12 year old yeah. you know Thanks. and who wants to struggle with difficult questions and she says everything is all happy happy joy joy same stories over and over again I said no that's true you know, life mm-hmm. is difficult, and people have doubts, and they can still believe. You know, mm-hmm. just you know, I, I really question this whole E.G. White thing. She wasn't that perfect. No, she wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, how come people always, you know, well, I think people, you know, make mistakes, <coughs> and that 
you know, raising her up to be the equivalent or more even to the body. Yeah. And unfortunately, here, she's, not, she's not here to kind of set the record straight because yeah. I've read enough of her and, and been to her house enough times that I, I don't think she would consider herself perfect either, yeah. you know. No, yeah. no, she wouldn't. Yeah. She never intended to be a goddess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really about you. They're not angels. When the God comes, ask somebody to do the job. They're not angels. They're like yeah. us. Yeah. And sometimes we expect so much from them. And, and sometimes you communicate an unreal person to a child or to, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you know, I knew she was from New England or whatever. And so, like, when I heard the story down there at Elmshaven about her eating oysters, I just wanted to grab her picture and squeeze it. You know, like, you're human. You know, yes. You know, like, okay. Uh, you know, because, I mean, my, my dad ate oysters his whole life, you know. and So that's, that's just part of being a kid from New England. So um, it didn't make me think less of her. So I, um... <clears throat> The week before, up to the day before classes started, um, I have a sister that I don't get to see real often. And some of you know my background, some don't. But um, my sister and I are like opposite polarities mm -hmm. in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. And um, coming here, they said, what is there to do? I mean, they've been here a couple of times, some you know, in various areas in, you know, in California. And so I said, well, you know, there's the Ellen White House there, because they had seen signs, and I thought, what is that? I said, well, that's one of the founders of our church. And they, oh, now these are unbelieving people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we went. <laughs> and they know some things about the Adventist church and <coughs> what I had been going through this mm -hmm. last year. Um, and when we got done there, my sister looked at me and she said, the church has come away from the message. And I thought that was very perceptive of her. She's very perceptive, but she could tell the difference between what was at Elmshaven and what that whole thing stands for versus what she is seeing happening. And... Um, and this is from an unbelieving person. I thought that was very profound. But so to take Acts and go, what was that about? Which is what you're trying to do here. We need to make some adjustments. I think. Yeah. I I I think we have gotten so bogged down on the details and the skeleton mm -hmm. that we've. We've completely forsaken the core and the and the meat and the richness and the beauty of the truth. Well, well, part of it you alluded to earlier about you know the role and the work of the Holy Spirit, which is very clear in Acts. And I know the princess when she plays her little piano, she's all the time trying to find a hymn that's got the Holy Spirit in it because she mm -hmm. feels like he gets ignored. You know, right, honey? Yeah. So like <laughs> she like wants the whole Godhead, not just you know the Father and Son. Oh. So. Yeah, um, that br brought up a memory, a pleasant memory that I'm going to try not to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I ended up on a, a email group. I noticed Richard Hart and Ken Hart and some other people I know <laughs> also ended up on it. And Richard Hart tried to get off of it, and I tried to get off of it, and they wouldn't. Really? And it's an anti-Trinitarian. Oh, mm -hmm. And... 
And I keep getting these emails and I keep putting them in clutter. <laughs> Come on, clutter. Wake up. <laughs> Get the point. <laughs> this is this is where our attempts to control things yeah. actually leads. It leads to fanaticism. It leads to uh, other people trying to control and everybody's starting to try to control everybody. Uh, and, and it becomes just a, a, a war yeah. with all kinds of sides, which is never what God intended. The Holy Spirit is the one that's supposed to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the head of the church. The Holy Spirit is the one that carries out the mission of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit doesn't take control from the outside. He enters inside and transforms us. And that's how he takes control. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've lost. Yeah, like when they baptize, they say in the name of the Father and the in Jesus. Son and the Holy yeah, Spirit. No Holy Spirit. They don't? Where, 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 where? Some. The people doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. Like oh. I have a lot of Brazilians that they, you know, oh, really? in Brazil, yeah, and they, they say I baptize in the name of the Father well, and the Son. The they thing say, is what? ridiculous. Oh. There, there's, there's a number of Protestants that don't want to embrace the Holy Spirit because of the Catholic tradition. And like, okay, but, let's forget about what the Catholic because, Church thinks. Just like because what God is, say, you know? Just yeah. because God is lied about doesn't mean we reject Him. Exactly. We get the true God mm-hmm. <laughs> straight. But you know, it bothers me even here. Like you hear, I hear, you know, kids that have heard it someplace else. You know, about like, well, well, you know, Catholics think this, and Christians think this, and like, like, buddy, half my family's Catholic. Like they're oh, they're Catholics they love are, Jesus too. You know, Catholics are Christians. Yeah, yes, exactly. I, I, I remember I know, when I was I know. a kid. I, I was Christian to Catholics. So, yeah, 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 I remember when I was a kid. I was pretty young, and I suddenly realized. Yeah. A, what Christian means. I was pretty young. Yeah. And B, Catholics believe in Christ and God, and that makes them Christians. And that yeah. just, and I keep working on my daughter because, you know, it just seems well, it's endemic. Yeah, yeah, right. Because we, 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 we were so feeding kids like her that message. Yeah, well, me yeah. too. I got it at school. I didn't get it at home. Yeah. My, yeah. My, my grandfather was an older boy. Right, right. Yeah, right. I didn't get that at home. Right, right, right. <laughs> you right. know. Yeah, well, the, well, yeah. but that's, that's so. It's more than off-putting. It's hurtful. It is hurtful. It's hurtful. Yeah, because I, like I, some of the best Christians in our family are the Catholic ones. I mean, it's not because they're Catholic. It's just because they love Christians, Jesus. Yeah. You know, so. That's hurtful. Yeah. So, maybe the question we can leave with, because we need to go, is how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Now, the apostles laid hands on. That's a good one for next week. Yeah, you can tell us. So tell us where you're going. It's always been very mysterious to me. It I, is don't, mysterious. I don't quite get it, honestly. I try to. Yeah. I try to, but I don't quite get it. In line, well, I'm and just, Jesus yeah. Jesus didn't lay hands on his on the apostles. He just breathed on them, mm-hmm. received the Holy Spirit. And they did, but not then. They did after Pentecost, or on Pentecost. Well, you know, I, and I think my mom misconstrued this, because she went to church on, on Sabbath, Adventist church, and then she'd go to Pentecostal on Sunday, because, like, she wanted to worship in truth on Sabbath and spirit on Sunday. But it bothered her that she, a number of her friends spoke in tongues, and she didn't. And she felt like they were sincere. And she felt like, you know, why isn't God... You know, so... And, like, I don't know enough... I didn't want to turn myself, well, Mom, you know, I just said, like, Mom, I think, like, you're, you know, you don't have to have that. I mean, God bless the people to do, and I don't get it. 
but like I'm not trying to judge anybody, but I don't think like I think you're being too hard on yourself. You know, expecting yourself to be able to speak. In well, what words, what yeah. you have to do is take them through. Yeah. First Corinthians, twelve to fourteen. Right, right. Paul makes it really very clear. Yeah. That, and I think the, I think the issue for Paul was that originally these were languages that they were to use to communicate the gospel. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and and then it developed into something a little more ecstatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so what Paul does, he, you know, he doesn't say, oh, you're of the devil out. Right. Right. He says, you know, there's something better. Yeah. There's something better than speaking in tongues. I would rather exactly. speak uh, two words with my mind than a thousand in a foreign language. Right. So he says there's, there's something better here, and that's love. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's where we have to go. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, right. kindness, and so right. on. That's right. Um, the way of the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And by the same token, where the spirit, where there's no freedom, the Spirit of the Lord is not there. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for, the, for us as a church to realize right now. And we, we don't get the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We don't get it by pretending we're loving and pretending we're kind and pretending we're gracious. We get it by having the Spirit. Right, right. And and to me, the way the spirit works, he works on the mind. Mm-hmm. And in so far as I allow him to lead my thoughts, and it's not something I can tell he's lead. Well, I can tell after he's led me, because oh, I I must I was guided that way. I realized that afterwards, but I don't realize it while it's happening. So, we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Dear God, we pray that uh, you will guide us and give us wisdom as we attempt to understand the working of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.